mega spoiler alert at the end of this episode we're going to reveal that this podcast is actually called captain america and the infinity rewatch uh but in the meantime what's up i'm andrew fantasia how's it going everybody Oh, what's up, everybody? My name is Ryan J. Whitehead, and man, do we got a special guest lined up for you. Hi. Uh, tell tell yes, them who you are. Hi, uh, my name's Anna. I'm just a uh, I'm I'm just a big uh, I'm just a big fan and a really big nerd. So I'm I'm just happy and honored that I was invited by Fantasia and Ryan. So. You know, considering that it's uh, mid pandemics, I get to talk to people about things that I like. So I'm really excited. And to clarify, when you say you're just a big fan, you mean you're just a big fan of Marvel, not of our show. We actually forced you to be here to boost our numbers. (laughs) But it's cool. We get it. Yeah, no, totally. Now, this discussion is going to get crazy because it's the finale and it might get a little blue. So uh, if you don't like uh, them curse words uh, and you're not used to hearing Ryan and I get a little salty, let me just say listener discretion is advised. And leave it at that. Yeah. But you guys can handle it. You're big boys. The Falcon, I think, says the word bullshit in this episode. So you've heard most of it already, oh, right? No. You've heard it. You've heard the BS word. You've heard the F word. You might have even heard the P word. Wow. I don't know. I'm not judging what words you say. Um, for our, our five listeners who are nuns, though, I sincerely apologize for what you're about to go. I know. I think they're used to um, Steve Rogers. He doesn't like that kind of language. No. Oh, and there you go. That right there, guys. Right there, that's Anna just flexing that Marvel card. She's just like, "Yeah, here's my card. I I am a Marvel fan." Boom. There you go. Right there. There you have it. So, love it. I love where the head's at. Right. Yeah, you're you're already in the right head space. So, Anna, since this is your first time with us, uh, before we get into the episode, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like your Marvel Cinematic Universe experience? Like, how did you get into it? How, when did you start loving it? You know, what's your take on it in um, I think I've been a really big, I mean, Marvel and DC fan, like comic fan since I was a little girl. Like my father uh, read a lot of comics, so I started reading my dad's old comics. So I I think I've been into it. Like I, I think like probably like yourself and everybody else that listen to the podcast, li- watching the cartoons like X-Men and uh, Batman and anything, like anything that you could get. I mean, I generally, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd already huge, into obviously Lord of the Rings and Star Wars could not get enough, could read it over and over till the day I die. Um, so it's just been, I think part of my life for a long time. So it's nice that we're coming to an age where we're, you know, I love the fact that we get really wonderful movies, but series are just so much fun. I think it allows a lot more creativity. It allows more for storytelling. And I think we're in an age now, I honestly feel like the golden age of uh, kind of like comic universe or comic movies, because there's just so much more yes. content than ever before. It doesn't have to be um, limited to a two hour film. It can now, it can kind of, um, it can cater to both uh, viewers, someone that's brand new, someone that's coming into kind of like the marble fold. Uh, and then viewers like us that kind of are really into it have been into it for a very long time and it's still very much appealing so to me this is this is uh, disney plus has uh, has really nailed it here (laughs) with the series yeah do you have um is there like a, a comic book character from marvel or dc or wherever who you think has not that you want to see done in a movie that hasn't been done or maybe just hasn't been done the way you think they deserve to be done Ooh. That's a hard one. Oh. You know, I'm a huge Gwen Stacy fan. 
like massive. Mm-hmm. And I understand mm-hmm. that like in every parallel universe, Gwen Stacy always dies. He can never save her mm-hmm. unless they're not together. But I would love to see, like we got to see a little bit of it in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. But I would mm-hmm. love to see... Yeah. I would love to see Gwen Stacy, but honestly, Spider-Man's my biggest, like, I, it's what I started with. He's, he's the one that I really like. So I really love, uh, their, the new, um, like kind of the new reimagining of Spider-Man. No more origin story. I think Ryan knows that I, I think we're all over it. We don't need to do it. So I really love what they're doing right now. I mean, like, if Uncle Ben gets shot one more time, I'm not going to feel true. it. I'm not going to, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter who you, ca- if you cast Gary Oldman and give me an award-winning Uncle Ben performance, I will not shed a tear for Uncle <laughs> Listen, Ben getting shot just because I see it so much. The best casting that I've ever done was having Marissa Tomei as, um, as Aunt May. Like incredible, incredible casting. Yes. Yeah. Like, listen, mm-hmm. Aunt May doesn't always have to be a homely looking older lady. No, no. But here's the thing. It's all about the modern twist, right? Because like all the the new family dynamics that we see in today's modern world, that's why I love what they did with Aunt May because yeah, you're, you know, you're going to have an aunt that's like pretty attractive. It's, it's, it is possible and she can be young and youthful. Why not? Right? Like, like that's why I love what Kevin Feige has done. He's like, yo, I got a hot aunt. This is a good reason to put in a hot aunt right there. I'm telling you, that's Especially what he did. Because this is him just being like Peter a tool, is right? young. Peter is young. He's supposed to be in high school. Why is Aunt May some elderly woman? Aunt May can be someone that's like yeah. in her fifties and looks really good. Yeah, it's not and, and on top of that anymore. They don't need to all look like old folks. <laughs> yeah, no. But here's the thing, like, and and you know, in New York, like, come on, and Peter being that young, there's no way an older Aunt May would have a place in yep. New York that 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 nice, you know. I know come that on. brownstone was looking tight, looking tight. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, the townhouse that they used to live in in New York in the comics was was that's like millions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. Guarantee. There's no way. You better be asking yeah, that me, like no you're way. done. Pay- you're done paying the mortgage, right? And you're gonna give this to me, right? Because I will never be able to afford this. Not on my Spider-Man salary. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. sad. That's so sad. That's the real super villain here, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> if if I was John Watts, because uh, I agree, I think that they what they did with the new origin and everything is fine. Uh, if I was John Watts, I would just I would have a scene where Peter's trying to cook rice when somebody breaks into his apartment and shoots at him, and he's holding a bag of Uncle Ben rice, and the bullet goes through it, and he's like, "Oh no, my rice!" And then the scene just carries on. From <laughs> <there>. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> there you go, Uncle oh, Ben gets my. shot. Everybody oh shit! Gets, I don't think it's Uncle. Everybody I, gets their I think actually because of everything obviously that's happening, I think they're not even called Uncle Bens anymore. I think they're rebranded. You're right. They. You're right. They changed the names. It's not even called that anymore. So it won't work. No more. uh, Literally no more Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's done. Uncle Ben. Well, maybe he'll have the Quaker oatmeal guy because he kind of looks like (laughs) Uncle Ben. And that'll be a nice trade-off. He's got the hat. Yeah. Uh, Well Well played. Well played. Well, now that we've we've all gotten acquainted here, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier just ended, guys. It's over. What do we think here? Ryan, what, what's your, as, a, as the Captain America guy, what's going through your mm-hmm. head? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that what's going through my head right now is, first of all, I will, t- I will say overall, 
loved it. I mean, let's let's just leave it out in the open. I loved it. Um, I will say though, it did feel at times this this last episode that they were kind of rushing to like finish the present. You know what I mean? Like we got to wrap things up here. Here's your gift. Moving on. Like it did feel moments like that. But when they hit home with like a real moment, when they really landed with like you know uh, with Falcon appearing in the full full outfit. Like all those moments were so justified and it was, it was so beautiful. It was just, it was great. And, and, and so there are some real moments in here, but I did feel it was rushed. And the other thing is they did drop hints, but I feel like they didn't give enough of a hint to really base any sort of breadcrumb to follow. You know what I mean? Like they are just like this, this, here's your hint. And you're, and it's like, okay, where do you it go It wasn't like WandaVision like, where, at all. Where do you go? Where the possibilities yeah. were endless. Where, you know, M, like, uh, not M theory, what is it called? Um, the M series, like, that could possibly still open up. Uh, we could be looking at, you mm-hmm. know, um, Doctor Strange and Wanda. I, I felt like WandaVision had a lot more time, where I felt like the last two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier were rushed. And especially the last episode, not this newer one, but the one from last week, I felt like there wasn't enough time or care to really properly talk about Sam's story. And I felt like it was a fight between, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. getting Bucky to kind of heal and then getting Sam to kind of come to terms with not just accepting the mantle of being Captain America and what that means, but what it means as a black man in the United States being Captain America. I feel like honestly, this series tried to have that discussion, but it do it didn't do it really well. And I'm kind of disappointed because um, I think it's um, Malcolm Mac, Malcolm Spellman that did a lot of the writing for these two episodes, and I felt like it w- it just fell mm-hmm. short to me. It really fell short to me. Like uh, I think I talked to uh, Ryan about it last week. It felt like there was there were a lot of moments and hints throughout the series where we're going to delve a deep dive into Sam's personal experience of recognizing like he's an Avenger and he can't even get a bank loan. He has saved the world. He has risked his life. He's not a super soldier. He's just an everyday man and he couldn't even get a fucking bank loan. So that's already, if we talk about discrimination in America and being a black man in America, you're already less likely to get a loan. You're already less likely to, you're already more likely to be rejected for things like that. But Sam, who's not only a military vet, he already does community work with other uh, ex-military vet, and he's the fucking Falcon. He can't get a loan and he can't get respect. It just felt like... I that mean, was the that was kind of like the conversation, but it wasn't done well. It felt like at times Sam mm-hmm. was quite clueless to a lot of the a lot of that. Like it just kind of like I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? I don't understand. What I will what I will say what and I totally I totally hundred percent agree. But what I will say I will say is there's still some genuine uh, delivery of it that that Marvel did an honest yes. attempt. You know, and and you can't discredit that, in my opinion. Like, I I feel like they they went there. Did they did they go into the deep end of the pool? No, they stayed they stayed in the shallow. And I think it's because they wanted to keep uh they wanted to keep again. They only had the six episodes, so to to take it further, I don't know. I feel like they they may have felt like okay, like we want to go there, but we can't go there all the way. We we have we have a focus 
very focused story we need to keep going on and 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 that's the way they did it i mean we can't i can't speak for them i just feel like it was an honest approach it creates conversation which in my opinion is good um but i agree with you on it it didn't it didn't go far enough i think they could have definitely gone further but in the end, it was still a genuine, honest approach. Listen, I will give you that they tried. I would almost rather that they didn't. Because even for me, uh, when, mm. like, Bucky basically, like, ugh, like word vomits. Like, oh, by the way, bro, like, I committed a microaggression. I'm going to give you, like, an uh, apology. Okay, sorry. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, what the fuck? Like, it just don't do it. If you're not able to talk about the nuances of race and what that means for someone like Sam and what that means, like, of, of just – of not just being a Captain America, of reimagining Captain America his way, because that's what it was. You know, Sam is at this weird crossroads where America is very broken, but obviously, you know, as the audience, we are aware that America is very broken, but in the series, that's not made very evident. So they made an attempt, but it was such a passive attempt. To me, it felt quite lazy. I'd almost rather that they didn't have the Mm -hmm. discussion because it felt very rushed and kind of dropped because you know, Sam wasn't really, it just felt quite scripted. It it didn't seem genuine or real to me. And I think what it was, it felt Mm -hmm. kind of like a fight to wrap up these stories really fast because we have to now move on and he's, it's no longer Falcon Winter Soldier. It's Captain America and Winter Soldier. That's what, what it felt like. Okay. We gotta, Mm -hmm. we gotta move. We gotta keep it pumping. We gotta keep it pumping because we gotta pump out a movie. So let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. We got, we have to fast track Sam to accepting this new responsibility, but you know, like that being said, I, I see it for what it is, which is, you know, we got we only have six episodes. We really got to move on. You know, there was the conflict, Sam and Bucky overcome the conflict and they were able to, they were able to evolve. So Bucky evolved into recognizing that revenge is not healing, but accepting himself as a whole person is healing. And Sam has to accept that he can be his own version of Captain America and the, and America's version of Mm -hmm. Captain America as a black man. And he can still be both. He can still be the Falcon and in his own way. Mm -hmm. You brought up a good point there about how it's like, the um the this is what's wrong with america and we're going to show that in this and you, like you said we the audience know this already and the characters it's it's weird the characters are reacting like it's their first time learning these things about america like oh i can't get a bank loan oh politicians are corrupt oh what's this what's going on uh and it was cool to kind of see it in a way where it's like falcon's eyes are being opened to just how big the responsibility of being yes. cap is um but you're right it's like it's like they walked it to a certain point and whether it was like i don't know were they afraid of going too dark because they wanted to be more mass appeal or were they afraid of sounding too unpatriotic but it's like i love this speech that felt oh absolutely Uh, yeah and and it's it's what it's what we needed and it's what like these characters needed to hear those senators and stuff but you know apart from the senator just kind of putting on a sad face, like, Oh, gee, sorry, sir. Like, it's, I don't know what impact that's going to have. And now, you know, it's sounding like these are really just Sam's first steps yes. as Captain America. Uh, so maybe they're building towards him doing something that's going to be broader. Cause I thought from like episode one brought up that bank loan thing. And with the the gift of hindsight now, I thought raising money to save that boat was going to be a much bigger deal than it ended yeah. up being. 
and, and at the end they had that great looking barbecue with the shrimp and that amazing pecan pie oh my god and i'm like oh, okay yeah. i think everything's fine okay. they have the pecan pie it's all good so i don't know if there was something that i missed where it's like their financial problems are over now but it is it is very like we wrapped it up in this six and at the same time we're we can't wrap it up in this six so stay tuned like it's it's really weird they straddled an odd line yeah with that topic it, I, and again like we're at a point where yeah maybe maybe whatever it could be finances boy they were limited to six episodes or maybe it was a choice like we can do this in six episodes but if you're gonna tell the story take the time to tell the story and if you're not able to talk about racism prejudice and a lot of these issues like they are complicated issues and and i think partly fantasia you are right it could sound unpatriotic also they're in, in disney they're uh, it's a it's disney at the end of the day you know we're well yeah. aware of the platform we're watching it on so there are you know limitations here that they can't go too far off the deep end but i almost rather they i almost rather they either waited or maybe i don't know i I think we'll probably never know. Definitely could have been done better, but six episodes didn't feel enough to really get Sam to evolve in the way that I hoped. Only because uh, Sam almost felt like um, like a Sims character. He was just experiencing the world for the first time. And it's like, what the fuck is... Like, do you not live here? Do you not... Like, did you... Are you okay? Did you just apparate? Imagine there's a scene where he gets into a pool and then somebody takes out the ladders and he's just like, Yeah, it's like I'm here. <laughs> I mean, he lives in the sky. I don't, all the he's time. just I mean, a And he also lost five years. So maybe, you know, being gone in the blip, well, yeah. you forget. You forget stuff. You forget stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will. Okay, but let's let's talk about one thing here that I really want to, that I do really want to land. Um, one thing I was very excited about, and I feel like they, they, they again, this is, goes into that whole conversation of could have gone further again i love that they approached the history of captain america like they they were like as someone who as someone who loves cap's story overall they could have gone so much further like they could have gone for the secret warriors and introduced other characters like the destroyer um and talked about like how sketchy what the government did was like experiment experimenting with people like the when they introduced isaiah bradley and you guys again come back to infinity rewatch and listen to that podcast because it was it was exciting like the fact that they dropped in an iconic character like isaiah bradley and really brought that to conversation the concept was brilliant and the actor they got and the tone they set all the pieces were in place and and again i think like you guys said i think they're who knows? We'll never really know why they just they just didn't take it forward. But what I will say is by placing these things where they did and the concept of it, brilliant. I like, yes, give me more of that cap history. Um, and then, like I said, even seeing um, Falcon assume the Captain America uniform, they did that uniform yeah. justice. Like it looks yeah. so good. I, want, so I loved good. it. Even if you like, if you compare mm. it to John's, to John's Captain America outfit, where John's Captain America outfit was very rigid. It was very rigid and structured. So if you look at like um, like the A emblem here, it's like half of the A is on the strap and the other half is on the chest. So it's like for him to be complete, he needs to have the full suit. Where Falcon, it was just a seamless suit. It, it, felt, it felt very much a part of him where John... Where I felt like it, John, the suit wore him, where Falcon or like Sam, 
he like he owned the suit. It was part of him. It was seamless. Like I love that the wings were incorporated. I just it felt right in every way. Where John's, you maybe it, maybe it wasn't done on purpose. Even the physicality was a lot more restrictive. He mm-hmm. even the way he used the shield. John needed the shield, even with the serum. John needed the shield. It was still always attached. He was always looking for it, and Sam didn't. Sam could drop it, and he could still fight. It's um, mm-hmm. what's that? The MMA fighter Jean Jean Pierre or Jean like Jean Saint Pierre. Uh, you know he. Dro- George. George St. Pierre. Pierre. I'm, I'm not an MMA person. George St. Pierre. When he dropped the, the, that to me was very impactful. When he dropped the shield and he kind of kicked it or like put it aside and he just kept fighting. He doesn't need the shield. He doesn't need to be a super soldier. Mm-hmm. And that's what made Steve Rogers so special. Yes, he had the super soldier serum, but Steve Rogers had an unbreakable uh, moral compass. He had a clear understanding of what's right and wrong. And although Sam is not a super soldier, Sam has that, that unbreakable understanding of right from wrong, morality, the difference. And you see that with John. John had to think about saving those people, those senators or having or taking revenge on Carly. Sam would have never had to think about it. He would have saved those people. And that's what he did. He, he didn't go after Carly until the very end. Yeah. And there's even like a, Something about the front of John's suit. There's a, there's a horizontalness yes. to the design of the suit. It looks very much like a Civil War era yes. jacket, which kind of is telling because he's, you know, that era is not America anymore, just like how John himself is not America anymore. And you're right. Sam is, he's so indicative of what we need because you don't need powers to do what he does. In fact, that makes him even more powerful yes. Uh, and I mean that metaphorically, not like I can punch yeah. the Hulk powerful because he's doing what Cap is doing with the same virtue, with the same gusto, but he doesn't have Dr. Erskine's drugs all up in his blood. So he is as pure Captain America as you can Well, get. even that line at the end, I'm willing to die for this country. I could die. He's He's a lot more aware of his own mortality than probably most Avengers that are, you know, you know, like Bucky with his bionic arm and his super soldier serum. Like he's a lot more aware of his mortality. So I think that makes him more dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than anything else. Cause it's like, you know, he's obviously willing to put it all in the line. And I think, you know, we got to see those glimpses throughout the series where Sam, you know, Sam has always had it in him because of his background and rehabilitation with soldiers that he's able to be kind of that support system is able to see the full picture. And it was nice for Sam to really come full 360 and realize like, I've always had this in me. It's always been there. Even that montage of him kind of practicing the shield and even the the running, the running part. I mean, this is supposed to be kind of like a throwback to on your left, on your left. But even that to realize, like, I can uh, yeah. still do this. I can do this. It's always been there. I just need to make it my own. I need I need to be my version of Captain America, whatever that is. And even that moment where it's like, oh, it's Black Falcon. No, it's Captain America. Yeah. 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 It was it was it was uh it was the right kind of cheese when I love when they, when they delivered yes. that line. It was just like it's just that moment we all and this is where I think Marvel has been doing some incredible writing in terms of in terms of as if Marvel's talking to you is 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 the best way I can kind of describe it. It feels like like you know we're all having that moment and then Marvel just says it out yeah. loud. 
You know what I mean? And I, I don't know how you write that. I have no idea how you can get that to line up your audience perfectly and then have that person just say what everyone's mm-hmm. feeling. But that's not an easy feat. Not an easy feat. And Marvel's been doing it so gracefully, um, just having these kind of cheesy moments. But what I will say about the Falcon too that I love in terms of the physicality, because like when you want to scale a fight, um, first of all, Winter Soldier, when George St. Pierre fights Cap for the first time on the ship, that fight scene's awesome. And it really goes to show how in control Cap is of his momentum and his abilities. Um, what I love in this one with Falcon is he, because he's not powered, he has to throw his body weight more into these attacks. So he's doing more high acrobatic moves because, you know, I love how he uses his jetpack to like, you know, body check some people in like into walls and stuff. Cause he's not dealing with people on his, his level. He has to deal at a, a lower uh, higher hand, higher yeah. handicap. So it's awesome to see that the fight choreographers are kind of throwing in all his body weight and he's got to really deal with it. And I love too, when the, one of the flag smashers are just hitting him, he's got to be like a turtle shell and just like shield, shield up because these guys are, you know, can punch holes through walls. Yeah. Right. But it, I don't think his wings have ever looked yes. better either. Did, that no, scene yeah. where he clipped the wings down them. to the ground. It, it just, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was really good. I mean, I think this series has done an excellent job proving that you don't have to be super powered to be powerful. I mean, the, um, she, what are they called? Mm-hmm. The Dora, Dora Milaje, Dora Milaje, the, yeah. Yeah. Dora the Dora Milaje. Milaje. Yeah. They easily beat John easily easily so i mean the series already made a point <laughs> yeah. to prove you yeah. don't know you don't need to be super powered or you know super juiced up as a uh uh with super soldier serum to be powerful you just need to you need to be mm-hmm. good yeah. you know actually that moment that moment i, I definitely got to play on play on that oh, because that. there's the way they broke <laughs> oh, john walker's pride they're not even oh, super man. soldiers <laughs> like <laughs> we all felt that we all felt that and it was just like and like and it just and not only did we feel his pride broken but we were astonished at the level of strength that dora milaje yes. flexed like like the, the fact that he couldn't get the spear out with the shield and she just like one-handed like yeah. pink, like just they nothing. disarmed it they was, physically uh, disarmed bucky <laughs> Like these women are truly oh, unstoppable. Yeah. No super solar serum is gonna knock anything down. So I love that they've already made that point. It's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And what I love is that they're not even like high-ranking Dora Milaje. You know, they're not like Okoye or one of the captains. They're just they're just part of the yes. army, and they're still that good. Like I love when like in in Star Wars when there's like a random stormtrooper who can do something yeah. really cool, like that Baton guy. That's what that felt like. And it's like, oh yeah, the Dormelagic are so good that even the pawns on that chessboard can take down yes. John Walker. Oh man, I, that's actually my favorite. Thing. Well, to be fair, to be to be fair though, the Dormelagic are the king are the king's personal guard. Like they're they're but they're all ranked like they're all of equal training. But yes, uh, uh, Koye is like the top Dormelagic, but the rest of them they're all like equal, and that unit is designed to be the king's personal guard at all times whatever the king wants wherever the king goes Dora Milaje yeah. goes with him and that's why we got to see that perfect civil war moment where we got the Dora Milaje and and you know she's like move, or I'll yes. move you. like it's, it's so uh, good. just 
pure justice. And she mm. got her, you know, that must have been like gnawing at her because like you said, that's her job is protect the king. Guess what? T'Chaka was the king. She couldn't protect them from Zemo. Mm-hmm. So now's her chance to kind of make good on that. So that's been brewing yes. in her for however many years that's been. So I'm sure that was like a solid arc for her too to get that done. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question. I normally have questions about comic books because uh, Ryan knows a lot more about them than I do. But I have a question about helicopters. And either one of you, you both probably have more helicopter experience than I do. Because here's yeah. the thing. I love that helicopter chase scene. That was great. I loved its pieces. I know zero about helicopters. But I'm pretty sure that when you need to pull up, there's not a thing that comes up on the dashboard that literally says nope. pull up. <laughs> Am I wrong? So uh, I don't know that much. I just know, like, in terms of physics, they should not be flying. <laughs> but <laughs> when you think about it, you have, like, two propellers. Fair. Fair. But anyways, I don't I don't think that that was right. I mean, I thought the whole kind of helicopter scene was like, put your put your earbud in. <laughs> it's like, oh, in the middle of the hospital, like, let me pull my earbud. <laughs> like, it felt a little... It was a, a bit of a reach. I would I would agree. But I mean, like, yeah, it was supposed to be like it's a cool It's all about tying box. that bow, just wrapping yeah. it up. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just yeah. wrapping it up. You know, I will say, though, he does have access, and Red Wing is is like this little AI, as, as Fantasia was mentioning it to me when we watched it this morning. Um, you know, it's his Jarvis, right? So it's natural that, you know, the bird can text or tweet away if you will uh tell me tell me uh, you just broke the internet (laughs) i was like oh yeah no problem but it's funny we do have we do oh yeah no you need help yeah okay i'll totally help you know um we do have a friend though that fixes helicopters so if we do need that verification maybe we'll get a quick clip of of him our friend dave being like yeah yeah uh, i'm pretty sure it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody out there is an a helicopter expert, please tell us if your helicopter tells you to pull up when you need to yes. do so. Because I would I will, love to know if that's I what will it. say, I will say it probably says low altitude. Yes. And yeah. I feel to, like that's you know or or like at least like the there's a little dial where any professional pilot can look at it and she can be like, Oh, I am at low altitude. I should fix that. Look, like, <laughs> you know. I think there should be a blinker that says like, what are you doing? And then just yeah. constantly flash that. <laughs> like, are you still awake? It's like the Netflix thing when you, when you fall asleep on Netflix and it's like, Hey, do, do, do you still want to watch Cobra Kai or should I just get out of here? Are you still, are you still watching the question of shame? The question of shame. <laughs> now let's oh, all, so I, I'm going to ask us all to channel our inner Ozzy Osbournes here for a minute. Like, like any normal Absolutely. Friday night. Uh, because we need to talk about Sharon. Yes, the power broker. I mean, you know, they made it. It was kind of obvious, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, first it of all, it was kind of obvious. It was. It kind was of like, obvious. am I the power I broker? Well, am I the power broker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, but like, here's the thing, though. This is why I feel like it was kind of like, okay, we need to wrap the story up. Because in my opinion, it would have been better if they like if you saw a text of like the actual name of the power broker and it was like Norman yeah. Osborne, just to throw it out there. And and have and have her be in communication there. But for her to be like the central person that's running the show, I don't buy it because she's supposed to be an agent all cloak and dagger. Why is she 
like the big center name running this organization. That makes no sense to me. See, I don't think she is. I think her phone call was to somebody who is on an even playing field with her or possibly higher. No, yes. The phone call at the end, yes. But as far as Carly knew and as far as that scene delivered, that scene delivered us with Carly being like, oh, you're the power yes. broker. And it's like, eh. We didn't necessarily... And to be honest, I don't know why I don't necessarily buy that Sharon's... The, like the motivation for Sharon to be the power broker. I get that she's bitter because... You know, she, she might not. So then why are you asking for a pardon? If you don't care and you're the power broker and you basically own this fucking city, then what the fuck do you care? Why do you care about a pardon? You're living your best life as a gangster. And, and I'm a little bit This is why Anna lost. should be here, people. This is why Anna should be here. It just felt like the motivation Anna, didn't be... make sense. It didn't make sense because like, okay, fine. You know, she was put on exile. So I can see her being bitter, but like, you're going to become now a, a, a like a giant, like, like the kingpin you want to be a, the kingpin now and if you are then why do you care about a part what do you care like what what is what is the, it just felt like the motivation was lacking here like if if her search is power and control then it was lost if the search was i want revenge then that was lost it just felt again a little lazy maybe you know maybe ryan's right or maybe fantasia is right that sharon is not really the power broker maybe as the audience and carly were making the assumption that she is but even still like i don't really understand sharon's character then i don't understand her motivation or where she was there she was just kind of like um yeah I hey we need help tap in <laughs> like all right I, I need you guys to refresh my memory because i don't remember why she's bitter like what's she upset well, about? Well, what happened was, she, if you remember from Captain in the uh, no, was it Captain Winter Soldier? Yes, Captain Winter Soldier. Civil War was the last time we saw her, though, right? Was it? It was when. No, this was with Sam and Bucky in the car. So maybe it was Captain America Civil War. Civil yeah, War. it was Civil War. So this is when Cap refused to sign the Sarkovia Agreement. So Cap was mm -hmm. like essentially kind of kicked out. Um, that's why he kind of went away. So Sharon broke the law and gave Cap his shield back and helped him escape and all this stuff. So she was found out. Um, I think she, she got court-martialed. So she, she ended up exiling herself to shoot. What's that town? Madripoor. Madripoor. And then now becomes the king ping of Madripoor. Which is, which, I, in my opinion, if you know Mandrapore from the comics, it's like virtually impossible for her to climb the rankings that quickly. Like, it's just not It just possible. feels weird. And it's also because it's like, uh, um, what's her name? Not Betty. Uh, uh, no, Veronica. Sid Rogers, like, girlfriend. Oh, Peggy. Peggy? It's just, Peggy's mm. like, is she Peggy's niece? Or granddaughter? Niece? Yeah. So, nice. so I'm assuming she grew up with her aunt Peggy and aunt, you know, Peggy being again, like all about what's right. This is wrong. So her niece is going to be now some like villainous kingpin. I don't know. It just felt really we like weird. So, so here's what we know though, from the show, from, from all of Falcon and Winter Soldier at this point, she says that she doesn't believe in superheroes because that was Zemo's thing is that there shouldn't be there shouldn't be superhumans there shouldn't and that's that was his mission his mission was to end that and then she, and then when we saw Sharon she was kind of on the same boat and she seemed upset 
about the whole John Walker thing. And that's the scene we got with Bucky when she's like, so about John Walker is the new Captain America. What do you think? And he's like, don't get me started. So, and then that's where the comment kind of came like, yeah, I don't believe it. So then why is she, why is she running as the power broker? Like, I just feel like, because like the end, they kind of pitch that she is working with somebody, but for, but the spotlight kind of, went the when she was facing Carly, the spotlight kind of went on her as being yes. the power broker. So it's like that's where the confusion kind of takes place for me. Yeah. I I'll like I'll just say I feel like the the revelation that it's her, I'm cool with it being like a like a cliffhangery thing, like stay tuned to find this out. And I, I like the idea of a hero going bad because i don't think as far as i can remember i don't think mcu has really given us that yet so i dig this idea uh but you're right it it put the spotlight on her when i don't think it should have i don't know Mm -hmm. like it was the post-credit scene was her and that makes sense because this feels like a post-credits thing um but if they had waited to drop that reveal until the post-credits i think it might have been more impactful i don't know I'm I'm still on the fence about Sharon because she wasn't anybody who was always on my radar. You know, like Sharon's not one of those characters that I'm like, man, I got to know what she's up to. So the fact that she comes back and then she's like, psych, I'm bad, sort of. Um, that, I don't know, is really baffling. But I like that they are, I feel like even more so than WandaVision, they're planting seeds here. But for the first time, I feel since like Iron Man 1, we don't know where the seeds mm-hmm. are going. Because all, all of phase one, all those post-credit seeds, all those Easter eggs were pointing at an Avengers crossover is happening, kids, stay tuned. And then all of phase two, like halfway through phase two, we already knew Infinity War was coming. So everything became about, we're going to get the gems together. We're going to get Thanos. It's all built into that. And now, even though we don't know what this second saga is called or what it's all about, it's going to, I know it's Annihilus and Christine Everhart is going to play a big part, but you know, that's just me because I've been in talks with Kevin Feige behind the scenes, but that's neither here nor there. It's not going to happen, dude. Christine <laughs> Everhart's done. All she's right. Done, she's she did done her done news for reporting now. for the first one. You know who else we thought was done? Batrock the Leaper. Twice he came back. So. Oh. Uh, so, but like for the first time, we have little Easter eggs and post credits stingers that are pointing big neon arrows, but we don't know what they're pointing those arrows at. And we know multiverse stuff is happening and WandaVision really touched on that. So there was no surprise when it was like, this is going to talk about the multiverse and it's going to connect with Doctor Strange. We weren't shocked by that because we already knew that. But this is pointing at stuff that's in the MCU's future that they haven't told us yet. And I find that exciting. And that excitement, I think, trumps my bafflement at seeing Sharon do what she's doing and she had like a mission impossible mask which freaked me out because i don't think that's no it has a black widow had it when she took it off in um in falcon and winter soldier she had like the she like dressed up in like you mean you mean just just winter soldier Soldier. sorry just winter soldier yeah oh (laughs) yes thank you yes yeah yeah Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah that's right here's the thing so if we're going to talk about it now the cat's really out of the bag here and we're 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 already got into that scene let's let's really talk about it i personally think i i've i've marinated with it a little bit 
And here's the thing. I really hope that she may have been outed as the power broker, like as if like, it's kind of as if her her cover has been blown, but she's not the one really behind it. Like I, I would, if Marvel can creatively figure out a way to get to the source of that and like figure this out. The other thing we, we got to remember guys is that this is supposed to take place after Black Widow. We were supposed to see Black Widow first and mm. then see this oh. movie, right? So that's something we have to keep in mind. And this is, and, and with the uh, super amazing cameo of uh, Julia Louise-Dreyfus, um, you know, just amazing, amazing. I know, just, just, uh, just pure awesomeness. Um, she's supposed to actually have a scene or some sort of appearance in Black Widow that totally is supposed to justify, that's what the rumor is, justify what just happened in Falcon okay. Winter Soldier. Um, that being said, that being said, this is why I kind of feel like I prefer like somehow they kind of explain who, how, why the power broker thing is. My first initial thought was Storm and Norman, uh, Norman Osborn, because mm-hmm. he's been known to be playing with superhuman formulas. That's why Green Goblin was a whole thing. Um, I'm actually kind of maybe leaning on the Kingpin a little bit here because Marvel does have Marvel does have the Kingpin. Marvel does not have Norman Osborn. So I doubt, even though with the Sony deal, uh, which it sounds like Disney has secured another deal with uh, Spider-Man and having Spider-Man on Disney Plus and this whole thing. Um, I still think, I think it might lean more on Kingpin because Kingpin was, was even in the cartoon, uh, it was mentioned that he was looking for a superhuman mm-hmm. army for his his thing. So that makes sense to me. And he would have the money to be able to play around with things. And the other thing is, is that originally I thought Ross, but why would Ross need access to government stuff? Cause he already yeah. has it. And then I thought Norman, but Norman was known for supplying uh, weapons to the U S government as well. So why would he need it? Kingpin on the other hand is completely on the scale. Like in terms of the, he's the correct that stuff. villain. He'd have to fu- yeah. Anna, I don't know if you know this, but Kingpin is my favorite oh, comic book Oh, I love Kingpin. Period. He's so good. He's yeah. like the the perfect yeah. gangster. Just ruthless. Uh, what I hope the power broker is, it's kind of like Bosley. It's just a name. It's just an idea. Right? I like the idea that uh, Sharon is just another Bosley. But if she's not the Bosley, if that makes sense. Like, you know, she's just another pawn from the power broker to protect themselves he or she whoever they might be you know i i I like that several like many decoys like is it is it is it maybe maybe not i I like that i rather i rather find out later who the real power broker is and and then have the avengers kind of struggle with like did we did we kill the actual power broker no fuck, i don't know i kind of like that and then Kingpin's like making an omelet, and he's like, "Now you did, right?" Because if, if you think about it, if if it's the Kingpin, he wouldn't be in Madripoor. Why would he be in Madripoor? Even New York, and he yeah, would be making other penthouse. people do stuff for him. He wouldn't. He would not be lifting a finger. That's what makes him such mm-hmm. a great villain. Oh. You know, he is ruthless if he has to be, but he's smart enough to know I don't have to do this myself. I can just get other people to do it. They can be collateral. They can just be collateral. Smart mm-hmm. enough for a Norman, made for yeah. a Kingpin. That's that's the power broker's deal. Uh, he's oh, I really hope it's him. I really do. Um, if it is Norman Osborn, though, just guys, do me a favor. Don't tell Harry. Oh, 
Here's the thing, though. I there was the theory. I think you were saying Fantasia that it was a scroll. You were thinking it could be a scroll, oh. right? Oh yeah, that uh, that Sharon could be a scroll. Yeah, maybe because then they have an in in the government, and it feels like that's the one big future thing that they're really pushing a lot. Like that we keep hearing about casting for Secret Invasion, and so uh, I could be wrong. I. Obviously, I prefer the Kingpin thing because that's you know, that's just right up my alley. So I hope it's I hope it's Kingpin, but I wouldn't rule out a scroll thing either. You know what I'd like to see them do, and I don't think they've done this. Is so we we get this like cryptic phone call, right? I'd love to see a scene where there's a phone call like that, and then in a whole other movie or show, we see the other yes. side of that same phone call. I'd love them to do something yes. like that. Or even at the end of the movie, you don't know. That's what makes it so good. You that's why Bosley's so good. You don't know. Is this Bosley? No, not, not Bosley. What's it? Um Charlie. Shit. Charlie. Is this Charlie? Is this it? That it's just Charlie could be anybody. But Charlie could just be some dude that's yeah. in New York making his omelet. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, did Charlie did Charlie number eighty three <laughs> die? Okay, put another one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, scroll the scroll theory makes sense to me because we have the concrete evidence, like you said, that Secret Invasion is coming. And we do know that the scroll tried to make Super Scroll. So you could put the two together and kind of play on that. But this is, again, this is that Marvel investment that I've been talking about in the sense of that you are now wrapped in it. And this is why you're coming up with like theories like Kingpin, because you, yes. you want that. And I, and I think that this is the beauty of what Marvel does is... Now, now the internet's going to be spending the the next I don't know months trying to figure out who it is. It could be Doctor Doom for all we know, but why would Doctor Doom be involved? Like, how could you even possibly build a story and bring in Doctor Doom? But my point is, people will go there. People will go there because they just they're that wrapped in it. It's true. I think Marvel yeah. has done an excellent job of of expanding the universe into such into mm-hmm. limitless potential. As an audience, to just to even have these conversations of what if could ha- what if it's this, what if it's that, and making connections to mm-hmm. other stories, I think that's why they've been so incredibly successful because they've allowed a lot more carte blanche than I think. Well, I mean, Ryan, we've had discussions about DC, but I think that's why Marvel's been so successful because they're willing to uh, have a story from beginning to end and recognize that there could be connections somewhere in the middle and they're willing to put in the work to make sure that those connections make sense and they continue on mm-hmm. in smaller ways. Yeah. And there's a level of trust too. nobody, like no director or anybody goes in there with a level of like ego and says like, no, I want my Ant-Man to be this. Damn it. It's like, no, everybody's on the same page and they, they all play different songs but all those songs can fit on the same album and it doesn't feel like a random mixtape. It all feels like it's part of the same piece of music. So I, I just can't stop applauding them for that. And you're right. As much as I love DC, we had a, we had our DC discussions that time too. I love me some DC. Um, but they, they don't play the same songs. They play a different album for every movie and they're all great oh, albums, yeah. but they're not a great collection. Yes. You know, it's not a great box mm-hmm. set. It's just great random vinyl records that you would listen to on separate. Things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with you here, but, but bringing it back to the Marvel thing for a second. Do we have to, albums, do we have to God? I hate speaking Marvel. Of, speaking 
Speaking of albums, the fact that they full circled with the Trouble Man soundtrack. Yes! At the end, um, oh, I love that. Pure fan service. They did. It's such mm. a good job. It's it's see, it's the details like that. It's the small details that just make it just so more much more special, right? It just it shows that they mm-hmm. care and they're mm-hmm. trying to to build. They're trying to layer that story that there's an evolution to these characters. I thought it was done really well. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. On and then for you know going back to earlier when you're talking about details, I mean the the things you picked up on about the outfits are just storytelling in itself. Like that's so crazy that you were able to like I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice that that one was rigid and the other's fluid. Well, like, it was just oh, and even man. like I don't know if you in this episode the fight scene they kind of did. Um, not exactly side by side shots, but you had the shot of John fighting with the flag smashers and then Sam fighting with Georges St. Pierre, where the flag smashers mm-hmm. break, like crack John's shield. And then you see uh, Sam fighting Georges St. Pierre and the shield is like solid. So, and again, it's that like mm-hmm. John is, is broken mentally, which has kind of been a reoccurring theme every time you see John, that John is being held together. Yeah. He's physically being held together by his suit. He's, he physically needs that shield because he can't, he's so broke, he's cracked. He's, he's so incredibly either mentally or physically fractured that he needs to be held together and he needs the shield to protect himself because he just can't stand on his own where Sam doesn't need the shield. And the suit just, he wears that suit. That is that is who he is, right? He doesn't need, they're, they're, they're helpful things, but he doesn't need them. Where John needs them. Like even with the, I, what I'm mm-hmm. assuming what would have been the Patriot suit. What, what is it that the Val called him? Oh, agent. U.S. agent. U.S. agent. I, what is this supposed to be the Patriot? Even his new suit, it was still very held together. It was that like the lines and the lapel was still held together. Like it doesn't, you as an audience are being told this man is very fractured, very fractured. No, absolutely. I actually, yeah, we should talk, we should spend a little more time on the U S agent side of the story as, as he was kind of the main villain. If you think about it, like he, he was the big problem. Um, I, I, Love what they did with him. First of all, I, I love the journey he had to a point where this is one of those characters where the actor delivers such a performance that people hated him in real life. Like it went so far as people hated his guts. And they're like, you're not the Captain America. You're not him. You can't be him. Like, and I love that. And I, I love that because that means again, Marvel, Marvel's got you, baby. Marvel's got you. And you're just in it. You're in it for the long haul. And the, what I did, what I love with his character, and and again, just I, this is a, this is that great question of like, not everyone can be Captain America. It's it's you know, it's that's the key to Cap's story. Is not everyone can just put on the shield and and the suit and have the powers and that's it. Like you guys were saying earlier, um, what I love about this character is it really shows the 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 instability of the formula in terms of like someone who is like um, is someone someone who takes it who is unshakable versus the person who isn't and and john like i love the little things where like when he's faced with the decision he kind of has like a little head twitch and he's just like like he kind of like can't process things properly and then like he just goes like whatever he feels and hunt he goes 110 percent. there's no truly understanding there's no true understanding it's just yes. action is what he does 
and and I love that. I think that they that they did a great job bringing in this character, and and again bringing more depth to the world of Captain America, and 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 how Captain America impacts the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like with the, the you know governments trying to recreate them, you know, and all this stuff. I'm I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get any more mutant nods that at least that I saw. I remember rumors and and set photos of like a woman in a hood that we never that that we've never seen. But I don't know. Like, I just don't know do where think, all this stuff is coming from. Do you the think rumor, we'll ever get Marvel to see the word mutant? Like, I just need them to say the word mutant. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> say the word. Like, honestly, just you know it. what I mean? It's like, that's all I need. Just fucking say the word mutant and I'll be okay. You know, I don't, I don't have to wait for a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't need to wait for a crossover. Just say the word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would I would love for them to say the word or even like weapon yes. and X in the same conversation. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, like like just just give me something, right? But like to be fair though, talking about Falcon Winter Soldier, going back to like the big the big opening uh question you had there, Fantasia, as someone who's a cap fan here, I think this one just offered a story. Just offered a story. It just offered a story in the world of Cap. It expanded on things. But did it shatter? Did it shatter dimensions like WandaVision did? Uh, no, I don't think it did. But I don't think it needed to. Wasn't that a video just... game? X Men Shattered Dimensions? Or no, Spider Man. That was a Spider Man Shattered Dimensions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. Crafty devil. But but here's the thing, though. Is is my point is is that this was just a fun. But also just a fun look in the world of Captain America, but at the same time bringing in some honest conversation. But I didn't think it was going to drop anything super massive. Was I hoping for it? Yes. But was I expecting it? No, I don't. I think this was just a great story. What I do think, though, is Loki's going to really break open the doors and and really open the doors. Yeah, Loki's going to be like WandaVision in that we're going to have 20 new theories. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a bananas show. Uh, they did something in this finale though that I want to call attention to because I think it answers uh, a gripe or it answers like a nitpick that I feel like comic book fans or like superhero fans have been talking about since forever, and it's that whole nitpick of like why why are superheroes always so like like whiny and 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 you know like why is batman so serious why is captain america so serious why do spider-man and superman walk around moping and being like i wish i didn't have all these powers and and you know people always say like oh it would be so much fun why are they always moping why why are they so angsty about it right this episode answered that question for me and i loved how they did it because when my beautiful Elaine, my my the love of my life, Elaine comes in and 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 says those things to John Walker, and he gets his new suit, and then she walks out and she's like, "I'll be seeing you," because she's the cool new Nick Fury type now. Uh, John Walker does this thing where he does what all those fans say, and he's like, "I'm stoked! I'm Captain America! I'm ready! I'm so excited!" And I'm like, "That's creepy. That creeps me out that he's that excited to be a superhero," and that's the answer that's why they don't that, that's why there's all that angst in comics that's why there's all that like oh i wish i never had these powers in comics because those people those heroes they understand the responsibility that comes with that power and walker does not yes. uh and i think that's what the contessa sees and she sees he's an easy target and she's like yeah come work for me 
so when he gets all giddy and he's there with his wife and he's just like, yeah, look at me. I'm Captain America Bay. This is so cool. I'm like, this can only go oh, absolutely. But this is, this is so I think that question has finally been answered by the Falcon and the Winter It's Soldier. definitely sad to see that he doesn't realize that he is essentially a dumb puppet. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. no tea, no shade, but John is not the cleverest. He just, like, this is a little derp. <laughs> like, oh, he might have problems with his helmet, you know, it's a helmet. It's like, okay, girl, like, we got it. He's a little slow. Yeah. Like, I just felt like John, mm-hmm. you know, again, a very fractured person. And in, in what way? You know, because we got little hints of, like, the things we did when he was talking to Lamar, I guess, uh, missions that they had that they've kind of touched on extremely vaguely, I think in the first two, like the, I think it's like the first episode, but it didn't go anywhere. So you're, you're, you know that something along the lines has happened to already fracture this individual. And then Lamar's death, it felt like Lamar was essentially, well, okay. This is something that I actually wanted to talk about because you have two separate experiences here. You have Sam kind of learning about the black American experience and you have John who basically the people of color around him, including his wife, his best friend, and Lamar's parents are only there to make him feel good. They're only there mm-hmm. to make him feel good. Lamar was only there to make him feel good, to keep him structured, to keep him balanced. In that moment, that speech is like, you're ready to work. Get it together. Ready to work. John's like, yeah, okay. Like John could not pull it together in that moment to put on the suit and go out there as Captain America. Lamar had to make him feel good. So to me, the death of Lamar wasn't like, oh, I lost my best friend. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's part of it, but it felt like I lost um, my, support, my support, like my support. System. I lost essentially like my caretaker or like my, it, it just, it, it, to me, the, the relationship already felt a little one dimensional because you didn't really get to know very much about Lamar anyways. And Lamar, the only time Lamar would talk, it would be pep talks to John or to reassure John, to make John mm-hmm. feel good, to, you know, stand up for John. It was never to challenge John like Sam would challenge Bucky, which would, it, that was their dynamic, which oh, I told Ryan in the beginning, I really hope it would be kind of like, um, what is it called? Grumpy old men, like, like a grumpy old men dynamic, <laughs> you know? Where they're best mm-hmm. friends, but they secretly yeah. hate each other. But with Lamar and John, it's like Lamar just existed to pu- purely to make John feel good. He had no other purpose. So it felt like he lost his only thing keeping him sane. Only thing keeping him sane. Mm-hmm. And what little we got of Lamar, it we can already see he would have been a better candidate to be what to be that I know I know I was like why didn't they fucking pick Lamar he's so much cooler (laughs) (laughs) like what was going on on testing day where Lamar was like oh shit I failed the math portion I don't know like what went wrong that day no I was well I thought I was like because they made John sound like oh such a genius this guy like you know beat all the physical testing you know I thought oh he must be juiced up has to be no, like, but then what, what was Lamar missing? He just seemed way more interesting than John did. John is, was a mess. He looked like someone that needed intense, like more so than Bucky's. Like, sir, you need some intense therapy. Bucky is okay. Yeah, you are not. Like, and that speaks volumes. Yeah, I know. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did pick a guy with blonde hair and blue eyes, right? Like they they did. Uh, yeah. The government the government was just like, and yeah. this is the guy. This is the guy. Let's go with him. We need we need a new Captain America. Who in this room fits my criteria? <laughs> Oh, I, I love him. Yeah, he looks good. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, no, it just yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys. Like, I don't know how the testing worked. Like, did he throw the shield better? And they're just like, yeah, that's, that's that's him that's right the there. One. That's the or you know what they did is that they made everybody wear the Captain America suit. Like, which one has America's ass? <laughs> John, yes. you got it. I like I like how this that's one curves. Plum, you know? Perfect. Just... <laughs> Lamar, your ass is nice, but it looks more like Greenland, and that's no, not no. what we're we going need, for. We need a perky little... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, but what was interesting, though, because in Marvel, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, you know, for me as a fan, I like to cherry-pick my lore from that, even though I think... I don't know, because I think even Kevin Feige's backpedaling now. He's just like, yeah, it's not as much canon as you might want it. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, I will say there's they do have, like, a, a in the uh, like American government, they have a Captain America test, um, and, and the school plays on it in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. But they do have a test, and then uh, in the storyline they did in Marvel's Agents of Shield, that test eventually turned that person into Deathlock, um, oh. which was really really cool to see. Uh, so so yeah, I was pretty happy to see that. Um, yeah, but I I really feel like they could have again they could have gone a little further in some stories there. And overall, I still love this sh- this this show. I think it's necessary. It needed to be there um it's perfect like it's it's perfect for for the amount of enjoyment i got out of it and i mean first of all zemo oh they they did two small things and they fixed that character and made him one of the the classiest and the coolest villains and like for me now on my villain list i yeah just that you know just Just mm, dancing in magic Yeah, the fact that the fans were all like, I love Zemo dancing so much, Marvel's like, here's an hour of it. Just go crazy. Just have a good time. But what I think, what I love about this, like Zemo, if you, if before this show, if you said, tell me your favorite Marvel villains, guaranteed Zemo, maybe, maybe just almost the middle, but he'd be on the lower end of the list. Because of this show, guaranteed he's like, in the top five, guaranteed top five villains. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah. He's the new Loki, like we talked about uh, yeah. I think, two weeks ago. Like, he's he's just stepping up to that Loki plate. I now. love it. He's mm-hmm. again. You don't need to have superpowers to be a super villain. And Zemo, I, to me, Zemo was fantastic. Even at the end, where it's like I'm in prison, I still fucking blew these assholes up. Oh, was it Zemo? Yeah. Was it Val? Who knows. <laughs> he didn't he didn't even have to try he's just like he's like oh by the way he's like he's like winter soldier killed your parents and then like just like flipped them all out like made them all attack each other like he is a classy villain and all they needed to do was in this one just let him play with the other characters and then give him a purple mask and and that's it doesn't i it gave me very like lex luther vibes which is the lex luther that i want which is someone that's very calculated it's like i don't i don't have to do much i can just i know enough i know the button to to push to make this entire thing crumble apart like fall apart at no at no point in this show was he not in control 
at no he point never, was he not Yes, in he never had to be aggressive. He never had to threaten anybody. He was always two steps ahead of both Sam and Bucky. I loved it. I think they didn't. Honestly, Zima was my favorite character out of the entire series. It was just so, even at the end mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, I didn't, I'm like, I didn't think you were going to come. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. I'm, I'm going to go back to Wakanda prison. I'll go to Wakanda prison. No worries. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he's, oh, he's yeah. still kicking there. He's probably offering Turkish delights to all the Dormelage. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, try this. I promise it's very good. It's good for you. Do you want to see me dance for an hour? Uh, everybody in Wakanda is going to have even more sick dance yes. moves next time we see them because they'll learn a thing or two from Baron Helmut von Zemo. Uh, yeah, oh, for sure. But, like, here's some questions for you. Like, first uh, of all, I love... I love the referring the raft again. They're yes. bringing back the raft a little bit more. It's becoming more of a casual topic in the MCU. So my question is: We clearly know that Ross and Zemo both operate out of the out of the raft in terms of the now Zemo is back at the raft. So I mean, where's the Thunderbolts? Why again? This is where I feel like the show could have gone a little more into that. Like maybe we'll see them, maybe we won't. But it just feels like these pieces are in place very, very in a very calculated way and i again like i just feel like i just feel like they didn't give us enough usually these end credit sequences or these clues they're a little more obvious but it's one of those things where feige's keeping it really really subtle i i i think what's happening it's like we're going to a new obviously a new evolution and and especially at the end of that captain and winter captain american winter soldier that that title to me, it said like, okay, I, this was to, this, this six, these six episodes were to fully transition to that for it to, to for us as an audience yeah. to move on that this is Captain America, Sam is Captain America and the Winter, and Bucky the Winter Soldier. It felt like it was more, it, mm-hmm. the series was there to solidify that more than anything else. And I'm assuming when we get a movie, uh, like a Captain America movie, that we'll get something deeper. That's how it kind of felt as uh, as watching it, where it's like they were more like the, it was, you know, where WandaVision was setting up for other universes or other, other things to come. It Mm -hmm. felt like this series was specifically to just say like, you know, Steve Rogers time, Steve Rogers time is gone. It is now Sam. Like this is Captain America. I felt like it was just trying to, it, it got us there in six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. And now with the news that dropped today, I, you guys have seen it, right? The news that dropped since, I think it dropped around noon. What? That no. there is officially going to be a Captain America 4 movie starring Sam written by the people who wrote the show. Oh, oh that's, no, no, that, there we go. That's a fucking no. answer right there. That's our answer right there. Mm. I don't think it was about Easter eggs or opening up other universes. It was about making, like, watching it and as an audience being like we have moved on from steve it's now sam so we can get a solid movie holy shit okay but that we got our answer we got our answer that changes every that changes <laughs> everything well, yeah it makes like sense. that's huge i'm i'm now stoked like yes give oh me absolutely story now that we got now that we got mr uh sam wilson is the new cap and that give me more of that oh. costume yeah, man, it's gonna it's gonna be great. And I, if they are building towards Thunderbolts, I personally like that they're not telling us more and that they're keeping it really close to the vest here because because of what I said earlier, where 
all of phase one, we knew everything was pointing at an Avengers crossover. That's what they promised. We knew, even before Iron Man one came out, they were like, we're going to do an Avengers movie soon, guys. Don't, don't worry. It's happening. So I love that because this is the evil flip side of the Avengers. They should play it the opposite way. Don't tell us jack shit till the Thunderbolts show up on screen give us these clues and, you know, have the Contessa walking around and recruiting people with her badass purple streak of hair and being like, Hey, come, come work with me. And then next thing we know, we blink and all of a sudden there's a team of supervillains and they stealth assembled. I think that would blow everybody's socks off. Oh, hands down. So I hope, I hope they keep playing that game. Speaking of games, it's time to play a game. And Anna, I'm going to give you the honors here to, uh, to, uh, partake in this game here. So we play a game. It's not even really a game because calling it a game would be very morbid. But we have we have a cemetery, and every time a character dies, we put them in the cemetery. Uh, but we we come up with an idea for what their tombstone or their plotter statue looks like to fit with their character. Like for example, uh, Jeff Bridges' character in Iron Man One was always putting his yes. arm around people. So we figured his tombstone would have a statue just of him like that, and you can take pictures with it. You can go and have him put his arm around you. So we have three characters who bit the dust. Uh, we have Batrock the Leaper, Battlestar, and Carly, um, uh, Carly, Carly thank yeah. you. Flag Smasher there. Carly Morgenthau. So what do you think, Anna, their memorial sites should look like in our cemetery? Okay. So for Carly, I think her... Like I'm gonna go with kind of like uh, Jesus, like Jesus, a simple carpenter. Like you know, Carly Morgan, that was a is a is a girl of the people. So I feel like her, it'll be like uh, Mama Donya, where it would just be a plain like um, like Mama Donya's like uh, was it no it was it was like um, a cement block with just like her name. I feel like Carly Morgenthau's would be very similar to like a, to something simple. She was a woman of the people. One, you know, one people, one world. I would want hers to be humble. It would never be. It wouldn't be a statue. You think it, it should wouldn't say be that? a monument. Yeah, one people, one world. Not even her name. Because yeah. she was about the cause. It wasn't about her. She was willing to die. She was willing to do whatever it takes. Even she said, it's not about us. The cause is big enough. That it doesn't need us, even if we die. So I feel like it would just be a solid cinder block. And it's just one people, one world, right next to Mama Donya. Yeah. I think you just created the most beautiful tombstone in this yeah. cemetery. You know, <laughs> we have like it's the, the humble man, the humble man, or the humble mm. woman, the humble mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. I love it. What about oh, uh, Lamar? Lamar? I feel like Poor John guy. would do it. He would pick it, and it would be like the biggest, like, uh, like oath to Lamar <laughs> possible, and it would be like a statue of Lamar, like. <laughs> Like Buddy Jesus, like <laughs> let me take it. It would literally say, "Keep up the great work, yeah, John." Like you know, like Buddy Christ. It's like hey, <laughs> it would be something like John would want to do the most lavish thing for Lamar because you could really like. It was very evident that this man really needed Lamar at every like every moment of his life. So I feel like it would be really something very big, like a statue, like Lam- like you know. Battlestar, <laughs> like yeah, he, he would make it ostentatious. And then who was the last one? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. throw Hot in shot. my weight. I'm gonna throw in my yeah. weight on the Battlestar one. Yeah, it, 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 yeah so. 
Buddy I Jesus love it. And then underneath, underneath in a in a in a comic book quote bubble, it says, "You were my cap." <laughs> yeah. And, and John is always leaving photos at the grave, but every photo is Lamar yes, with John. Always. Yeah. Me and John having breakfast. Me and John having lunch. <laughs> Here's us at Disneyland. <laughs> I know you saw John and Lamar together more than you saw John and his wife. I don't even remember her name. I don't did they even say her name. I don't remember. Yeah. It just felt like a, a very codependent relationship for, for John. Like John needed this man. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it'd be very yeah. that. Yeah. It's like my best friend. I gotta yeah. I gotta do the, the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. That's yeah. that's spot on. Uh, and then last but not least is Batrock Zelipo. Did he die? I'm pretty sure she shot him. Sharon shot him in like the, the throat, didn't she? she somebody somebody no, shot him. No, he fell. There was that like he fell and they told Sam to go get Sam to go get him. No, no, that was uh, that oh, was shit, a flag right, smasher because the flag smasher fell in the uh, in the water. Yeah, I don't know. I don't there was know. like oh, that, shit, that you're right, you're right, you're right. He did die. She did shoot him. Mm. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What would it be? White man can oh, jump. Fuck. <laughs> I could not leap over the bullet that got me. <laughs> you know what it would be? It'd be like a giant middle finger to to fucking Sam. Like fuck you, you stole me money, bitch. <laughs> with a little French flag. Yes, it's not, it would be something. It's like mm-hmm. fuck, fuck the Falcon. <laughs> it's a two the Falcon. Yeah. Just a giant metal finger. One, one small step and one giant leap for the leaper. <laughs> One small, no, no, one small step for the villains, one giant leap for the leaper. There you go. (laughs) I can't wait. They took a D-listing character, a D-listing character, and gave him purpose. That is he was definitely really fun to watch. Well, he is an actual fighter, so I I just actually really liked watching Mm -hmm. him in the series. I think he did a really good job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, would, I wasn't I would expecting him. Well, he's dead now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's dead now. Yeah, maybe some flashbacks, so he'll be like, "This is the past, I but am I am here. here. <laughs> I am still leaping in the past." <laughs> well, any any last uh, last final thoughts about this this crazy finale? Uh, well, to- okay, hold on. First of all, first of all, I think both of you need to just sum up your thoughts of the show, just real oh. quick. Overall. What are your thoughts of Falcon Winter Soldier? Because I did, I was able to do mine in that last little bit there, but mm-hmm. you guys need to deliver your last and final thoughts, like your Rotten Tomato summary of this show. Yeah, we're gonna deliver to the goods, Anna. You yes, take it first? I would give this a six out of ten. I would, you know, I would say what I what I would say about this series is that they were just trying. It was a story about two men having to fight their inner demons. Was it told in the best way? In my opinion, no. But it was nice to see an evolution of these characters and kind of decide and decide like this is this is the direction that I want to go and this is who I really want to be. So as an audience, I really enjoyed that because 
we obviously these these two specifically these two characters in in the Marvel films we didn't really get very much. You know, Bucky talks about the little you know he only had a small amount of peace in Wakanda, and Sam kind of is discovering that even though he is the superhero, he's not really valued in that way. So how does he come to terms with that? So I I do genuinely appreciate the what I what I found special about the series was that you don't have to be a, a super powered superhero to be good. You don't need to have powers to be good. That it was something that was very evident throughout the entire series through Zemo, so the Dora Milaje, through Sam, you don't need these superpowers to be extraordinary. You know, being extraordinary comes from, it comes intrinsically from intrinsic motivation. And I think, and for Bucky, it's like, yes, he is extraordinary, but he's, he's so incredibly fractured. He doesn't recognize how extraordinary he can be if he chose to just forgive himself. So to me, that message was fantastic. I mean, I think the series nailed that, that kind of like self-discovery, that doubt. And, and as an audience member, you know, we don't, you know, oh, wouldn't it be awesome for, obviously we would, I would fucking take the super solution. Are you kidding me? I want to fucking lift a car over my head. But it was special to see like, you don't have to be that to be extraordinary. You just have to know yourself and trust yourself and you will do good. So I, I love that. It was very human. It was it was real and it was human. So I, I to me, that's what the series felt like. So I'm excited for Captain America 4 and seeing something more human where Steve Rogers sometimes lost that at times. You got you got to see a little bit that towards like Infinity War, that self-doubt, you know, that, you know, the that kind of like feeling like he let a lot of people down. Where Sam is human. Sam is human. And he's already aware. I can die. I can fail. I will do badly. I will fuck up. But I, but that's that's the point. You know, good, you know, good and evil. Are, things are not black and white. They're shades of gray. So I, I appreciated that. Because that's I think I've talked about this about Ryan. It's like there's been moments where Marvel has sort of touched on that. You know, what does it mean to be a superhero? Are you above God? Are you above the law? What are you? Can you be, you know, can you know, it's kind of discussed with the Sarkovia agreement and a little bit with, you know, that conflict with Tony and Steve. But I felt like in this series, it, it, it really kind of solidified that, like, it that's unnecessary. It is absolutely unnecessary that you can be spectacular without it. And I love that. Wow. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. I, um, I, I think that... I agree with you about the message of the show. The message is beautiful. And they, even though we talked, like we talked about at the top, it, they didn't go all the way with it. They went enough where I feel like, yes, you understand what's going on here because you can't have Steve Rogers hand the shield to Sam and be like, you're the new captain America without Sam having to ask that question. Well, like what is being captain America in 2021 because it's not the same as being captain america during world war ii those are two very different americas so you have to ask that question and this whole series was kind of asking that question what is it to be captain america now and it really opened up a lot of beautiful reflection of the country itself and then sort of like beautiful looks at what it is versus what it can be and what it should be and what has been stopping it from getting there and it's mostly been America itself. No outside forces have stopped it from accomplishing what it wants to do. 
And we got a lot of beautiful moments that show steps in the right direction. I mean, can we get some kind of award for the guy who plays Isaiah for his scene when he sees a statue? Because holy cow, man. Holy cow. That hit me. That was so, so sweet. Uh, so I think that the, the, the message they wanted to give the world and what they had to say about being Captain America. Yeah. They got it. They got it. Now, now give us more. Now take that the next step further, because like the country itself, it is evolving and it's changing. Uh, and, and like they say in Hamilton, you know, I'm like, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy and hungry. So keep feeding the country. Keep, keep doing it until it's not hungry anymore until yeah. it's not lacking. Um, and I, I also feel like the show is exactly what a Disney plus show needs to be. We were talking about this on Rebels Come about like the Mandalorian and all the Star Wars shows that they have planned. And it's like, well, you're giving us so many, like Mandalorian was so great. It was like 16 orgasms in a row. So like, how do you, like, if you're giving us that constantly streamed to our house, why are we going to go to the movie theater and watch your movies now? Like, what's the point? And the conclusion we came to is those movies better be something so special that you can't do it justice. And I feel like this was exactly right for what it is. And it yet it still felt like it's not quite a yes. Marvel movie. And th that's not even a knock against it. Cause it's weird. Cause it sounds like it's like, Oh, not as good as the movie. Sorry. show. <laughs> but, and, but you guys get what I'm trying to say. Like it, it's, it's, it's there and it is what it is, but there's a Marvel movie. There's a captain America four, which we know is coming now. And that is going to be a different animal entirely. And it belongs where it is. And this belongs mm -hmm. where it is. Yep, I think that covers it perfectly. You guys, you guys nailed it exactly, and that's that's why I love Cap stories. It's 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 a story of being he, like what it is to be human, right? And and what if what if you gave that human the ability to do whatever they wanted to do, and and that's what makes Cap so special. I couldn't say it, I cannot say it as poetically as you guys did, but that's but that's what it is. But now that being said, that being said, so um, you know Disney Plus actually came out with a small little. Uh, commercial or I guess trailer advertising Disney Plus, but it's the message that they brought out with it is that, and they were saying that stories don't need to end; they can continue, they can they can expand, they can evolve. Mm -hmm. And I think I think Marvel is Marvel with Marvel that is now they kind of have a better mission with Disney Plus, which is allowing stories to continue as they may. Um, and, and, you know, I think Disney plus owes Marvel a little bit because of that, because of what Marvel is doing with these interconnected stories. I mean, cause the MCU, even before Disney plus it was, it was, these movies were spectacles. Yes, but they were episodic. Like everything was connected in, in some way, shape or form. Um, but yeah. And I think that's the beauty part of it. Like talking about Mandalorian and star Wars. I mean, you know, just to give you guys some background Anna is a big fan of star Wars and, and she can, she can take you guys a couple laps, you know, uh, do the Kessel run a few times and, you know, however many parsecs. But the, the point is, is that that Mandalorian and stories like Marvel, you can really expand, evolve and change the narrative and really do creative things like we saw with WandaVision. And 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 the other cool thing is you just tell this like human story with with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And, and now we got Loki coming up, uh, which is going to be incredible. But talking about movies, and and I love how you bring this in. So I'm going to call this our little kind of end credit sequence. Um, but, um, you know, you talk about, you know, when you get content like this, 
uh, the movies better be special. And truth be told, once this whole COVID thing is done, guaranteed when movies open back up, I'm going to be back in those lines waiting to see those movies because we got the trailer and teaser for Shang-Chi yes. just before this podcast. Um, and I will say just really quick, some thoughts, uh, you know, not to run the podcast too long, but this is our little end credit sequence. Talk about a movie spectacle, talk about something different, a fantasy martial art film in the Marvel cinematic universe. Sign me up. I give, take my yes. kids money, take my future <laughs> grandkids money. Just like, take my money. I, I will be in the theaters for that. <laughs> just take it all. But that was, that was a teaser. And, and so hype, it's going to change my list for a future podcast that we're going to do. But um, but yeah, talk about a hype trailer. Like I haven't seen a trailer that hype from Marvel since I will say like one that got me super hype. Like Thor Ragnarok yes. was probably the perfect get me hyped for Marvel stuff. And this trailer was the next one to do it for sure. Oh, so it sounds like when we have our uh, top five Marvel trailers episode, which is coming up soon, sounds like yeah, I might already know what one of your picks is, Mister Ryan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. It's on that list. It's on wow. it. Wow. I've watched it. I've watched it like a lot. Like I've watched it. I, like when I when it first came out, I watched it ten times. <laughs> But but now I've watched it a thousand (laughs) times because, you know, 10 rings, a thousand ways to watch this, you know, show. I don't even think I've watched my own material 10 times. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good. It's so good. I'm sorry. And, And what they're doing with the Mandarin? Sign me up. Sign me up. Iron freaking bracelets? Ryan's just going to explode. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What about you, Anna? What did you think? I'm excited. I think, um, shoot, what is, does anyone remember it was on? Simu Simu Hmm? Liu. Oh, sorry. I I tried to beat your question, but I clearly were. No, do you remember? It was a series. It was on Netflix recently. I can't remember, but it was like, never mind. I I can't. Into the Badlands. Into the Badlands. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to remember. I'm gonna have to look it up. But it, it, I'm not the Iron Fist. It's I'm not talking about Iron Fist. I fucking hated that. But anyways, it, I'm excited. I'm excited for. I'm excited for Shang Chi just because it's something different. It's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just something different. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to think what trailer has gotten me really hyped. I I would agree. Thor Ragnarok. It was just so colorful. It was so colorful. It was nothing like the, I mean, Thor really evolved to get to that point. So it was nice to finally uh, see something more uh, well-rounded than what we got the two previous movies. So to me, that trailer was leaps and bounds. I like, it got me, I remember seeing it and just being incredibly excited. It just felt colorful. It felt fun. And I already was a huge fan of White Waitika. Taiko Waititi, I'm I'm so sorry, I feel so terrible. I'm, I'm terrible pronouncing his name. He's so funny. I've loved him since what we do in the shadows. So I was already like the minute anytime his name is attached mm-hmm. to any project, it's like it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. And of course, uh, I don't know. Well, Fantasia, you don't know this, but I'm a huge uh, Jeff Goldblum fan. So <laughs> I was already sold. I was sold the second I saw he was on there. 
you you waited uh, 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 an hour and uh, 20, 27, 27 minutes to tell me that you're- Oh my God, I love Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Like, love Jeff Goldblum. On my, one of my birthdays, I had a Jeff Goldblum, uh, or no, a Dr. Ian Malcolm birthday cake. Oh my God, that is so cool. <laughs> wow. I, I'm that that makes me happy. I, do you have a picture of that cake? Can yes, I see yes, a picture yes. of it at some point. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> uh, the the Shang Chi trailer. I'm not gonna lie, was not my favorite Marvel trailer. Um, <gasps> Get mostly, out of town. Mostly because it does not confirm Mephisto, and we all know he's coming in that movie. So really, they dropped the ball. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know what it was. The trailer, it I didn't dislike it. I was like, yeah, cool. This is this is fun. This is fun. But I didn't walk away from it being like. Yes, this trailer. Like, it's it's definitely not going to be in my top five trailers list. Uh, but I am, ex- I my biggest takeaways from that trailer were three things. One, this is already a given, but Simu Lu looks awesome. Mm-hmm. He looks amazing. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an mm-hmm. awesome Shang Chi. Like, there was never a doubt in my mind. But now it's like, yep, there's further proof. Number two, there's three villains in this movie, which just gets me excited. And number three. I'm finally going to get to see one of the big villains of my childhood, the Mandarin on the big screen. And that makes me really excited. So the trailer just gave me all the real Mandarin. Mandarin. Oh (laughs) oh my God. That is, that's perfect. I want to get like, uh, I've been eyeing, I've been eyeing sheets and shower curtains with Dr. Ian Malcolm on them. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the plunge and just do it. Live your best life, girl. Live wow. your best life. I'm literally looking right now. I have the Funko Pop like eight feet away from me of him. Oh, that's that my pose. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. But uh, I, all right, man. Well, that's it, guys. The watchers have watched uh, good old Captain America and Winter Soldier. But man, guys, what a ride. And first of all, Anna, for your first podcast. Did I do good? I hope I did okay. You did better than Ryan. You did better than Ryan. He's gone now. You're the you're the new host. No, I, honestly, Ryan, I, I do have I to commend sh- you. You are such a great moderator. You're really good at keeping people on track. Invitation, you were great. Honestly, so much fun. I had it's such a wonderful time. Oh my god, thank you so much for inviting me. I, I honestly really appreciate it. I it, I've, I've been very desperate to talk to people about this, and not many people watch. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, so I just sit silently by myself and think it to myself. I, I like to picture, like, you know, in the movies when you see somebody and, like, let's say it's, like, a close-up on their face and they're, like, saying a big speech or or, or something like that and then, like, the camera kind of moves and you see they're talking to, like, their reflection in the mirror or it's, like, you know, a joke like that. I kind of picture, like, you, like, going on this, like, three-hour tangent about how much you hated Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever. And then we pan over and, like, you're talking to this old lady on the street. She's like, I just asked you for the time. Let me go. Ryan will tell you, I got last, was it two years ago, I got strep. And I forget what, what, what? series came out that I like destroyed because I was sick I was like I didn't work I didn't go to work for like a week because I got really bad strep and I I was texting her I'm like Ryan I haven't talked to a single human in seven days can I got my voice back can we talk about this please and I think I was on the phone with Ryan for two hours I was like I miss human I have no one to talk about this with yeah yeah. you have a home here (laughs) Anna you have a home here 
Um, no, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's always great to find another fan and just, and just really gush about it. That's the real magic of it. Um, yeah, I can't remember what series it was, but yeah, you were, you were really, you were really on a roll. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, you know, like I talked to, well, when I talked to Adam about this stuff, I try to get him to watch it with me, but I'll get really into it. He just looks at me like, Hmm. (laughs) like just glazed over like. Oh, the episode's over. And I'm like, do you have any questions? Do you want to talk about it? Like, let's dissect this. And he's like, not really. Okay. I'll just go to bed now. I'll just sit down now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But honestly, honestly, bringing it back home, Anna, you crushed it. You Oh, thank you. It. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. No problem. We'll, we'll figure out another uh, special episode in the near future, and you're always well, welcome back you. on. No worries. Uh, Ryan, when the good people want to find you, and you're not talking about Captain America and the Winter Soldier and the U.S. agent and Annihilus, where can they find you? I'm going to actually change it up a little bit this time. Not only am I going to say you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada, but you can go on to YouTube and you're going to type in Expert Zone North America. And I just came out with a video called uh, ID Software, the Xbox Game Studio Spotlight. It is probably my best work I have done to date in terms of editing, narration, the whole nine yards. I'm very proud of it. If you could check it out, that would be great. What's the, the name again? So people have it again? Expert Zone, Expert all one word, Expert, Expert Zone North America. North America. Okay. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to look at that too. Expert Zone, North America. Beautiful. Hands down, it is my best video to date. Next to this <laughs> podcast, because this was really good. Like, <laughs> like, it, like Anna, you brought a dynamic to this that was... Crazy. I bet you say that to every I was, guest. I was... He does. Yeah, this is our first guest. There you go. Awesome. Well, normally when I check our our, um, our viewings, normally this podcast, uh, we get about 50 in a week. So if I don't see 50 people watching Expert Zone North America by next week, I'm going to come after all of you. So check out Ryan's work. Uh, and you can find me on YouTube and Instagram and sometimes Twitter, but I'm not going to lie. I don't frequent the place. At Andrew Fantasia, plain and simple. And then you can find me here on Rebel Scum Podcast talking about the Star Wars. And uh, if you're one of our Patreons, I just came out with an episode about the Bad Batch to get you primed because the Bad Batch is coming out May yes. 4th. So there you go. It's to whet oh. your appetites. Whet with a WH. That's how I pronounce it. All righty. Well. Thank you so much. Anna, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you're working on that you want people to look at or anything? Or you just want to be like, hey, keep watching Marvel, whatever. No, I, I'm going to plug this fo- podcast. Uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, I am so glad that you guys were here to join me uh, to talk about Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's going to be hard to talk about that now without mixing it up with the movie Captain America, colon, the Winter Soldier. I'm just going to have to start saying colon more in my daily life. Actually, why would I complain about that? That sounds amazing. Anyway, thanks for listening to us, everybody. As always, have a marvelous day.